Part Eight of Mopsa the Fairy by Jean Ingelow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian. Chapter Twelve. They run away from Old Mother Fate. A land that living warmth disowns, it meets my wandering ken. A land where all the men are stones, or all the stones are men. Before the apple woman had finished, Jack and Mopsa saw the queen coming in great state, followed by thousands of the one-foot-one fairies, and leading by a ribbon around its neck a beautiful brown doe. A great many pretty fawns were walking among the fairies. Here's the deputation, said the apple woman. But as the guinea fowl rose like a cloud at the approach of the queen, and the fairies and fawns pressed forward, there was a good deal of noise and confusion, during which Mopsa stepped up close to Jack and whispered in his ear. Remember, Jack, whatever you can do, you may do. Then the brown doe lay down at Mopsa's feet, and the queen began. Jack and Mopsa, I love you both. I had a message last night from my old mother, and I told you what it was. Yes, Queen, said Mopsa, you did. And now, continued the Queen, she has sent this beautiful brown doe from the country beyond the lake, where they are in the greatest distress for a Queen, to offer Mopsa the crown. And Jack, it is fated that Mopsa is to reign there so you had better say no more about it. I don't want to be a queen, said Mopsa, pouting. I want to play with Jack. You are a queen already, answered the real queen. At least you will be in a few days. You are so much grown even since the morning that you come up nearly to Jack's shoulder. In four days you will be as tall as I am and it is quite impossible that any one of fairy birth should be as tall as a queen in her own country. But I don't see what stags and does can want with a queen, said Jack. They were obliged to turn into deer, said the queen, when they crossed their own border, but they are fairies when they are at home, and they want Mopsa, because they are always obliged to have a queen of alien birth. If I go, said Mopsa, shall Jack go too? Oh, no, answered the queen. Jack and the apple woman are my subjects. Apple woman, said Jack, tell us what you think. Shall Mopsa go to this country? Why, child, said the apple woman, go away from here she must. But she need not go off with the deer, I suppose, unless she likes. They look gentle and harmless, but it is very hard to get at the truth in this country, and I have heard queer stories about them. Have you? said the Queen. Well, you can repeat them if you like, but remember that the poor brown doe cannot contradict them. So the apple woman said, I have heard, but I don't know how true it is, that in that country they shut up their Queen in a great castle and cover her with a veil, and never let the sun shine on her, 
for if by chance the least little sunbeam should light on her she should turn into a doe directly and all the nation would turn with her and stay so i don't want to be shut up in a castle said mopsa but is it true asked jack well said the apple woman as i told you before i cannot make out whether it's true or not for all these stags and fawns look very mild gentle creatures i won't go said mopsa i would rather run away all this time the queen with the brown doe had been gently pressing with the crowd nearer and nearer to the brink of the river so that now jack and mopsa who stood facing them were quite close to the boat and while they argued and tried to make mopsa come away jack suddenly whispered to her to spring into the boat which she did and he after her and at the same time he cried out now boat if you are my boat set off as fast as you can and let nothing of fairy birth get on board of you no sooner did he begin to speak than the boat swung itself away from the edge and almost in a moment it was in the very middle of the river and beginning to float gently down with the stream now as i have told you before that river runs up the country instead of down to the sea so jack and mopsa floated still further up into fairyland and they saw the queen and the apple-woman and all the crowd of fawns and fairies walking along the bank of the river keeping exactly to the same pace that the boat went and this went on for hours and hours so that there seemed to be no chance that jack and mopsa could land and they heard no voices at all nor any sound but the baying of the old hound who could not swim out to them because jack had forbidden the boat to take anything of fairy birth on board of her luckily the bottom of the boat was full of those delicious flowers that had dropped into it at breakfast time so there was plenty of nice food for jack and mopsa and jack noticed when he looked at her towards evening that she was now nearly as tall as himself and that her lovely brown hair floated down to her ankles jack she said before it grew dusk will you give me your little purse that has the silver fourpence in it now mopsa had often played with this purse it was lined with a nice piece of pale green silk and when jack gave it to her she pulled the silk out and shook it and patted it and stretched it just as the queen had done and it came into a most lovely cloak which she tied around her neck then she twisted up her long hair into a coil and fastened it around her head and called to the fireflies which were beginning to glitter on the trees to come and they came and lighted in a row upon the coil and turned into diamonds directly so now mopsa had got a crown and a robe and she was so beautiful that jack thought he should never be tired of looking at her but it was nearly dark now and he was so sleepy and tired that he could not keep his eyes open though he tried very hard and he began to blink and then he began to nod and at last he fell fast asleep and did not wake till the morning then he sat up in the boat and looked about him a wonderful country indeed no trees no grass no houses nothing but red stones and red sand and mopsa was gone jack jumped on shore for the boat had stopped and was close to the brink of the river 
he looked about for some time and at last in the shadow of a pale brown rock he found her and oh delightful surprise the apple woman was there too she was saying oh my bones deary deary me how they do ache that was not surprising for she had been out all night she had walked beside the river with the queen and her tribe till they came to a little tinkling stream which divides their country from the sandy land and there they were obliged to stop they could not cross it but the apple woman sprang over and though the queen told her she must come back again in twenty-four hours she did not appear to be displeased now the guinea hens when they had come to listen the day before to the apple woman's song had brought each of them a grain of maize in her beak and had thrown it into her apron so when she got up she carried it with her gathered up there and now she had been baking some delicious little cakes on a fire of dry sticks that the river had drifted down and mopsa had taken a honeycomb from the rock so they all had a very nice breakfast and the apple-woman gave them a great deal of good advice and told them if they wished to remain in fairyland and not be caught by the brown doe and her followers they must cross over the purple mountains for on the other side of those peaks she said i have heard that fairies live who have the best of character for being kind and just i am sure they would never shut up a poor queen in a castle but the best thing you could do dear she said to mopsa would be to let jack call the bird and make her carry you back to his own country the queen is not at all kind said jack i have been very kind to her and she should have let mopsa stay no jack she could not said mopsa but i wish i had not grown so fast and i don't like to go to your country i would rather run away but who is to tell us where to run asked jack oh said mopsa some of these people i don't see anybody said jack looking about him mopsa pointed to a group of stones and then to another group and as jack looked he saw that in shape they were something like people stone people one stone was a little like an old man with a mantle over him and he was sitting on the ground with his knees up nearly to his chin another was like a woman with a hood on and she seemed to be leaning her chin on her hand close to these stood something very much like a cradle in shape and beyond were stones that resembled a flock of sheep lying down on the bare sand with something that reminded jack of the figure of a man lying asleep near them with his face to the ground that was a very curious country all the stones reminded you of people or of animals and the shadows they cast were much more like than the stones themselves there were blocks with things that you might have mistaken for stone ropes twisted round them but looking at the shadows you could see distinctly that they were trees and that what coiled round were snakes then there was a rocky prominence at one side of which was something like a sitting figure but its shadow lying on the ground was that of a girl with a distaff jack was very much surprised at all this mopsa was not she did not see she said that one thing was more wonderful than another all the fairy lands were wonderful but the men and women world was far more so 
she and jack went about among the stones all day and as the sun got low both the shadows and the blocks themselves became more and more like people and if you went close you could now see features very sweet quiet features but the eyes were all shut by this time the apple woman began to feel very sad she knew she would soon have to leave jack and mopsa and she said to mopsa as they finished their evening meal i wish you would ask the inhabitants a few questions dear before i go for i want to know whether they can put you in the way of how to cross the purple mountains jack said nothing for he thought he would see what mopsa was going to do so when she got up and went towards the shape that was like a cradle he followed and the apple woman too mopsa went to the figure that sat by the cradle it was a stone yet but when mopsa laid her little warm hand on its bosom it smiled dear said mopsa i wish you would wake a curious little sound was now heard but the figure did not move and the apple woman lifted mopsa on to the lap of the statue then she put her arms around its neck and spoke to it again very distinctly dear why don't you wake you had better wake now the baby's crying jack now observed that the sound he had heard was something like the crying of a baby he also heard the figure answering mopsa it said i am only a stone then said mopsa i am not a queen yet i cannot wake her take me down i am not warm said the figure and that was quite true and yet she was not a stone now which reminded one of a woman but a woman that reminded one of a stone all the west was very red with the sunset and the river was red too and jack distinctly saw some of the coils of rope glide down from the trees and slip into the water next he saw the stones that had looked like sheep raise up their heads in the twilight and then lift themselves and shake their woolly sides at that instant the large white moon heaved up her pale face between two dark blue hills and upon this the statue put out its feet and gently rocked the cradle then it spoke again to mopsa what was it that you wished me to tell you how to find the way over those purple mountains said mopsa you must set off in an hour then said the woman and she had hardly anything of the stone about her now you can easily find it by night without any guide but nothing can ever take you to it by day but we would rather stay a few days in this curious country said jack let us wait at least till to-morrow night the statue at this moment rubbed her hands together as if they still felt cold and stiff you are quite welcome to stay she observed but you had better not why not persisted jack father said the woman raising and shaking the figure next to her by the sleeve wake up what had looked like an old man was a real old man now and he got up and began to gather sticks to make a fire and to pick up the little brown stones which had been scattered about all day but which now were berries of coffee the larger ones which you might find here and there were rasped rolls then the woman answered jack why not 
why because it's full moon tonight at midnight and the moment the moon is past full your queen whose country you have just left will be able to cross over the little stream and she will want to take you and that other mortal back she can do it of course if she pleases and we can afford you no protection for by that time we shall be stones again we are only people two hours out of the twenty-four that is very hard observed jack no said the woman in a tone of indifference it comes to the same thing as we live twelve times as long as others do by this time the shepherd was gently driving his flock down to the water and round fifty little fires groups of people were sitting roasting coffee while cows were lowing to be milked and girls with distaffs were coming to them slowly for no one was in a hurry there they say in that country that they wish to enjoy their day quietly because it is so short can you tell us anything of the land beyond the mountains asked jack yes said the woman of all fairylands it is the best the people are the gentlest and kindest then i had better take mopsa there than down the river said jack you can't take her down the river replied the woman and jack thought she laughed and was glad of that why not asked jack i have a boat yes sir answered the woman but where is it now chapter thirteen melon seeds rosalind well this is the forest of arden touchstone ay now i am in arden the more fool i when i was at home i was in a better place but travellers must be content as you like it where is it now said the stone woman and when jack heard that he ran down to the river and looked right and looked left at last he saw his boat a mere speck in the distance it had floated so far he called it but it was far beyond the reach of his voice and mopsa who had followed him said it does not signify jack for i feel that no place is the right place for me but that country beyond the purple mountains and i shall never be happy unless we go there so they walked back towards the stone people hand in hand and the apple-woman presently joined them she was crying gently for she knew that she must soon pass over the little stream and part with these whom she called her dear children jack had often spoken to her that day about going home to her own country but she said it was too late to think of that now she must end her days in the land of fairy the kind stone people asked them to come and sit by their little fire and in the dusk the woman whose baby had slept in a stone cradle took it up and began to sing to it she seemed astonished when she heard that the apple woman had power to go home if she could make up her mind to do it and as she sang she looked at her with wonder and pity little babe while burns the west warm thee warm thee in my breast while the moon doth shine her best and the dews distil not all the land so sad so fair sweet its toils are blessed its care child we may not enter there some there are that will not 
fain would i thy margins know land of work and land of snow land of life whose rivers flow on and on and stay not fain would i thy small limbs fold while the weary hours are told little babe in cradle cold some there are that may not you are not exactly fairies i suppose said jack if you were you could go to our country when you pleased no said the woman we are not exactly fairies but we shall be more like them when our punishment is over i'm sorry you are punished answered jack for you seem very nice kind people we were not always kind answered the woman and perhaps we are only kind now because we have no time and no chance of being otherwise i'm sure i don't know about that we were powerful once and we did a cruel deed i must not tell you what it was we were told that our hearts were all as cold as stones and i suppose they were and we were doomed to be stones all our lives excepting for the two hours of twilight there was no one to sow the crops or water the grass so it all failed and the trees died and our houses fell and our possessions were stolen from us it is a very sad thing observed the apple woman and then she said that she must go for she had a long way to walk before she could reach the little brook that led to the country of her own queen so she kissed the two children jack and mopsa and they begged her again to think better of it and return to her own land but she said no she had no heart for work now and could not bear either cold or poverty then the woman who was hugging her little baby and keeping it cosy and warm began to tell jack and mopsa that it was time they should begin to run away to the country over the purple mountains or else the queen would overtake them and be very angry with them so with many promises that they would mind her directions they set off hand in hand to run but before they left her they could see plainly that she was beginning to turn again into stone however she had given them a slice of melon with the seeds in it it had been growing on the edge of the river and was stone in the daytime like everything else when you are tired she said eat the seeds and they will enable you to go running on you can put the slice into this little red pot which has string handles to it and you can hang it on your arm while you have it with you it will not turn to stone but if you lay it down it will and then it will be useless so as i said before jack and mopsa set off hand in hand to run and as they ran all the things and people gradually and softly settled themselves to turn into stone again their cloaks and gowns left off fluttering and hung stiffly and then they left off their occupations and sat down or lay down themselves and the sheep and cattle turned stiff and stone-like too so that in a very little while all that country was nothing but red stones and red sand just as it had been in the morning presently the full moon which had been hiding behind a cloud came out and they saw their shadows which fell straight before them so they ran on hand in hand very merrily until the half moon came up and the shadows she made them cast fell sideways 
this was rather awkward because as long as only the full moon gave them shadows they had but to follow them in order to go straight towards the purple mountains now they were not always sure which were her shadows and presently a crescent moon came and still further confused them also the sand began to have tufts of grass in it and then when they had gone a little further there were beautiful patches of anemones and hyacinths and jonquils and crown imperials and they stopped to gather them and they got among some trees and then as they had nothing to guide them but the shadows and these went all sorts of ways they lost a great deal of time and the trees became of taller growth but they still ran on and on till they got into a thick forest where it was quite dark and here mopsa began to cry for she was tired if i could only begin to be a queen she said to jack i could go wherever i pleased i am not a fairy and yet i am not a proper queen oh what shall i do i cannot go any further so jack gave her some of the seeds of the melon though it was so dark that he could scarcely find the way to her mouth and then he took some himself and they both felt that they were rested and jack comforted mopsa if you are not a queen yet he said you will be by to-morrow morning for when our shadows danced on before us yours was so very nearly the same height as mine that i could hardly see any difference when they reached the end of that great forest and found themselves out in all sorts of moonlight the first thing they did was to laugh the shadows looked so odd sticking out in every direction and the next thing they did was to stand back to back and put their heels together and touch their heads together to see by the shadows which was the taller and jack was still the least bit in the world taller than mopsa so they knew that she was not a queen yet and they ate some more melon seeds and began to climb up the mountain they climbed till the trees of the forest looked no bigger than gooseberry bushes and then they climbed till the whole forest looked only like a patch of moss and then when they got a little higher they saw the wonderful river a long way off and the snow glittering on the peaks overhead and while they were looking and wondering how they should find a pass the moons all went down one after the other and if mopsa had not found some glow-worms they would have been quite in the dark again however she took a dozen of them and put them around jack's ankles so that when he walked he could see where he was going and he found a little sheep path and she followed him now they had noticed during the night how many shooting stars kept darting about from time to time and at last one shot close by them and fell in the soft moss on before there it lay shining and jack though he began to feel very tired again made haste to it for he wanted to see what it was like it was not what you would have supposed it was soft and round and about the colour of a ripe apricot it was covered with fur and in fact was evidently alive and had curled itself up into a round ball the dear little thing said jack as he held it in his hand and showed it to mopsa how its heart beats is it frightened who are you said mopsa to the thing what is your name the little creature made a sound that seemed like wisp 
uncurl yourself wisp said mopsa jack and i want to look at you so wisp unfolded himself and showed two little black eyes and spread out two long filmy wings he was like a most beautiful bat and the light he shed out illuminated their faces it is only one of the air fairies said mopsa pretty creature it never did any harm and would like to do us good if it knew how for it knows that i shall be a queen very soon wisp if you like you may go and tell your friends and relations that we want to cross over the mountains and if they can they may help us upon this wisp spread out his wings and shot off again and jack's feet were so tired that he sat down and pulled off one of his shoes for he thought there was a stone in it so he set the little red jar beside him and quite forgot what the stone woman had said but went on shaking his shoe and buckling it and admiring the glow-worms round his ankle till mopsa said darling jack i am so dreadfully tired give me some more melon seeds then he lifted up the jar and thought it felt very heavy and when he put in his hand jar and melon and seeds were all turned to stone together they were both very sorry and they sat still for a minute or two for they were much too tired to stir and then shooting stars began to appear in all directions the fairy bat had told his friends and relations and they were coming one fell at mopsa's feet another in a lap more more all about behind before and over them and they spread out long filmy wings some of them a yard long till jack and mopsa seemed to be enclosed in a perfect network of the rays of shooting stars and they were both a good deal frightened fifty or sixty shooting stars with black eyes that could stare were enough they thought to frighten anybody if we had anything to sit upon said mopsa they could carry us over the pass she had no sooner spoken than the largest of the bats bit off one of its own long wings and laid it at mopsa's feet it did not seem to matter much to him that he had parted with it for he shot out another wing directly just as a comet shoots out a ray of light sometimes when it approaches the sun mopsa thanked the shooting fairy and taking the wing began to stretch it till it was large enough for her and jack to sit upon then all the shooting fairies came round it took its edges in their mouths and began to fly away with it over the mountains they went slowly for jack and mopsa were heavy and they flew very low resting now and then but in the course of time they carried the wing over the pass and halfway down the other side then the sun came up and the moment he appeared all their lovely apricot-coloured light was gone and they only looked like common bats such as you can see every evening they set down jack and mopsa folded up their long wings and hung down their heads mopsa thanked them and said they had been useful but still they looked ashamed and crept into little corners and crevices of the rock to hide End of part eight.